Efron to Bleak House, from French nuns to fan fiction, welcome to Operation Dynamo, your number one source for pop culture news. I'm Abby. I'm Sarah. And this week we have joining us friend of the show, Rachel. Hi. She's live in studio with us. Um, so, how are you doing this week, Sarah? I am pretty good. Uh, yesterday I finished my last ever final of my college career. Amazing. Um, and now I'm just kind of in that weird place where it's like I have a lot of free time, but I don't know what to do with it. So I'm definitely going to fill it with some pop culture. Oh, absolutely. Same. How are you this week, Rachel? I'm really good. I only have one final left and I'm super excited to be here with you guys recording this. Beauty and Grace. How are you, Abby? I'm doing pretty well. I'm ready to be done with finals, but I have one more paper to write. So, you know, I'm on my way. That's I'm good. almost there. That but is good. I definitely had a conversation with Rachel, actually, yesterday about how it feels like when I go to do work that should take about two hours, it takes four to six hours because <laughs> that's how much I want to do it. That definitely happened to me yesterday after we talked. I spent another, like, six hours <laughs> doing this paper. That's absolutely happening to me now. Anyway, do you guys have anything on your pop culture radar from this week? Like, is there anything that you've been really into? Um, I started reading a book that I think came out last month, so it's relatively recent. No, it is not Leah on the Offbeat. That is next on the list. Gosh darn. Um, it's called The Last Equation of Isaac Severy, and it's like a mix between literary fiction and a mystery thriller, and it's like very, very bizarre, and there's like a whole host of characters, and I definitely see it as like a, a book that will eventually be turned into a Reese Witherspoon-produced television series on HBO. I can't wait. So I'm very into that right now. What about you? Um, well, I finished Leah on the Offbeat, and I absolutely loved it, so I can't wait for you to read it as well. I would highly recommend it just to everyone. Um, and yesterday, I watched Doctor Strange for the first time, and I was really into it, actually. And we'll come back to that as it is related to our topic for the day. What about you, Rachel? Um, I can't say that I've spent a lot of time <laughs> um, with pop culture this week, though I have been very engaged in the meme culture surrounding um, our topic of the week. Um, <laughs> and also, our recording day is May 4th, Star Wars Day, so I'm very excited about that. And fun fact, Spotify has this really cool thing where the progress bar of the song you're listening to, if it's Star Wars, looks like a lightsaber, and I was very happy about that. I Ooh. have to check that out immediately. All right, so today's topic is something that we actually kind of not impulsively decided upon but monday something happened and we were like this needs to be discussed everyone needs to hear about this this is also our most like recent and most relevant episode that we'll have had so far so that's very exciting anyway um about one week ago exactly one week ago oh, okay a little movie called avengers <laughs> infinity war hit the a theaters movie. it's a small indie you might not have heard of it <laughs> but small then it, budget. it had the biggest opening weekend of all time and then of like all movies yeah it's like 630 million dollars or something it made opening weekend like it's, all movies ever yeah Oh my god. I know. I'm shaken. And obviously it had great implications for like the MCU and comic book fans and even like non-comic book fans alike. Does the MCU stand for Marvel Comic Universe? Because I've been letting you say it and I don't know what it is. It is actually Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. Oh, you know what? That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. So that's like when you hear people talking, they'll say like maybe like, oh, this happens in the MCU as opposed to the comic books yeah, because like you say that different things <laughs> and happen. as opposed to the Netflix yes. show universe. Oh, true. Which I, it sort I, of exists in the same. Yeah. Do they? Are those the same world? I think they exist in the same timeline, but I'm not sure they would ever bring those characters into the MCU movies. I would agree with that. I want to watch Daredevil so bad. But oh, I haven't it's so it good. Maybe this week. Uh, anyway, to get our conversation started, I wanted to make a comparison between a character and with our uh, current guest, Rachel. <laughs> when we watched the movie, I actually turned to Sarah in the theater and I was like, oh my God, that's exactly like Rachel. <laughs> so what happens is, um, oh, this is also going to be extremely spoiler heavy. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, I would recommend that you see it and then come back to the pod. There's a scene where Rocket or where Thor is like in the spaceship with the Guardians, 
And he tells Rocket not to touch something because if he touches it, he'll die. And then Rocket says, is it weird that I want to touch it more? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Thor is like, uh, kind of, yeah. And Rachel, if you would like to share this story. I, I believe this is in reference to <laughs> me noting that the chaotic side of me really wanted to touch the electric fence surrounding the goats that were um, cutting our grass, I suppose, <laughs> uh, here at, um, at our on our campus. Um, so I I think that's why. I, that's I don't, exactly why. I'm flattered, but also <laughs> I don't know if that's the best representation. Have you ever thought of yourself as a rocket before? Um, I do sometimes feel like my inner lo- monologue is, is very similar to what Rocket <laughs> says. I love Rocket. It's like on the exterior, I would not identify as Rocket, <laughs> A, because I am a human woman and not a raccoon. But like a lot of things Rocket says, sometimes like that's what inner Sarah says. Yes. But outer Sarah would not say it. Yes. I keep getting confused about who plays Rocket. And I'll be sitting there thinking, like, it's definitely not Ben Affleck. And then I can't think of who it is. It's Bradley Cooper. It's Bradley Cooper. Yep. <laughs> Every time I think Ben Affleck. And then I think Jason Sudeikis. And I know that they're yeah. both wrong. <laughs> and then I'm like, Casey Affleck? Also wrong. I just saw a little behind the scenes clip of the voice actors, um, Vin Diesel for Groot and Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. um, as rocket and it was so freaky because it was just them like recording lines over and over and Vin Diesel just saying I am Groot and then the audio production like playing it back with different like pitch and sounds of things I was it was so funny to me Bradley Cooper thing just always gets me because it never sounds like Bradley Cooper yeah he definitely puts on like a completely different voice for that I love it though I think it works perfectly can we get Bradley Cooper an Oscar for voicing Rocket (laughs) can we get Vin Diesel an Oscar for voicing Groot (laughs) the amount of emotion (laughs) I am Groot (laughs) do you think that they're friends because I hope that they're friends I bet they don't have to do any work together, but you know what I mean? I feel like they have that odd couple vibe, whereas, like, Bradley Cooper's, like, such a pretty boy, and then Vin Diesel's, like, fast and furious. I feel bad that I confuse Vin Diesel with The Rock. (laughs) But I've been thinking about The Rock this entire time. (laughs) Vin Diesel was in The Pacifier. Has he been in anything else that I've seen? Probably not. He's in all the Fast and and Furious movies. Doesn't he do those, like, Xander Cage or, like, Triple X? um, X yeah, this isn't my movie genre. It's not mine either. Anyway, I think that actually uh, dovetails into our first discussion topic. Absolutely. Quite nicely. So, I always said that I don't like superhero movies. I was convinced that I hated them. Because I don't love action movies. And one of my least favorite things that I realized that I didn't like when I saw the Superman movie with Henry Cavill um, is that I don't like when they just destroy an entire city, you know? And then they're just like... Oh, whoops. Didn't mean to, like, knock down a hundred buildings. People are dead. That's cool. So I kind of just, like, decided that I didn't like superhero movies. But we saw this movie, partly because Sarah and I both have movie pass. And I was like, you know what? Better use it. Anyway, I really loved seeing Infinity Wars. I just, like, couldn't believe how much emotion I felt because of the movie. And then when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about all of the superhero movies that I wanted to rewatch, and I was like, oh, so, like, all of the ones that I've seen, you know, like, all of the Marvel ones, I, like, wouldn't necessarily include other superhero franchises in this, but I was thinking, like, oh, like, I could see Captain America again, and, like, I kind of want to rewatch all the Thor movies, but I still haven't seen a lot of the movies. Like, I haven't seen almost any Iron Man movies, and I didn't see Civil War, and I didn't see all the relevant films leading up to this. I just thought it was interesting because I've been watching films in the MCU since Iron Man came out. Like, I remember in middle school seeing Iron Man with my dad and my dad being like, oh, man, like, this is so cool. Like, he loved that, like, the uh, Black Sabbath song was, like, at the end of it. And, like, that was just the start of it. So going into Infinity War, I was very concerned that, like, it wasn't going to be a good movie, but I was going to have this huge emotional reaction to it just because I've been living with these characters for a decade, as many, many people have. But Abby was actually the one that cried. Like I, I cried got for a little half the movie. I got a little teary and like definitely felt sad and like f- was very very upset at some parts. But like Abby visibly cried, and I hope you don't mind me saying that. Uh, it is actually a little embarrassing, but now everyone knows. Um, but I just like I thought that that was 
it just showed the power of the movie that somebody who didn't consider themselves a fan of that genre of film was able to have such an emotional reaction and emotional connection with the film. And I think it really, um, you need to tip your hat off to Marvel and Marvel Studios for being able to do that. I'm not necessarily impressed with like the fact that I was emotional about it, but I was impressed with everything that they did with like the pacing of the story and how they did fit in so many characters so well, because I thought that that was really impressive. It sounded almost impossible to do yeah I totally agree I definitely think that I mean characters were doing things in in just like different arenas different theaters around um, where all these battles were happening and I thought they did a really good job of going and flipping back and forth like quick enough so that you were engaged with all of them but not too quick that you just yeah. like didn't know what was happening um, and so I think they did a really good job with that and I do think that it actually um stands alone well like as a film um like obviously if you have been invested in the mcu it was like this big culmination but even if you just kind of are um have like a cursory knowledge of of just the characters you can come in and watch this and just like engage with the story it reminded me a lot of back in the day when disney channel used to do those great crossover (laughs) episodes where like hannah montana came to the tipton hotel and it was amazing because all the characters you knew were finally hanging out together that's so sweet life of hannah montana (laughs) (laughs) i loved when thor was with the guardians i was like this is all the people i love i liked that he kept calling rocket a rabbit like that was just so funny very funny and i thought they did a good job of like when you were talking about Rachel like how they stayed in like different areas for like just the right amount of time Mm -hmm. I thought they did a good job of like mixing the characters like you had like Tony Stark and Spider-Man who obviously have a relationship so sweet and have interacted before and then you had like um Drax and Peter Quill and some of the Guardians who have a rapport but then you put those two groups together so you had like this new mix of characters but it didn't feel like overwhelming like you were just throwing a bunch of people like the story could continue and I liked all the humor that was put into it I felt like there was just enough humor I thought it was there were very funny moments and I think that it definitely needed that because without like the humor it would have been too much yeah I I really feel like Marvel has honed their craft of including humor um and just I just have to say I think after this movie my low-key favorite mcu character is drax because literally everything he says makes me crack up and like i just i just watched this morning like clips from guardians of the galaxy and i just i was laughing again at like everything he said i don't know why i find him so funny but he's definitely my favorite comedic character on a side note this morning i was watching an old interview where tom hiddleston um impersonates robert de niro but robert de niro is also like there because it's graham norton mm-hmm. and it's the mm-hmm. funniest thing i've ever seen in my life friend of the show bob de niro friend of the show bob de niro <laughs> he does a great job it's a really? good impersonation i'll have to watch that it's pretty good i have something that i want to say about drax but i will bring it up later in the show when we play one of our games excellent because drax is the one that's played by dave batista right yes cool we're gonna come back to that Okay, but first, we're going to talk about something that struck me while we were watching the film, which is comparisons to Harry Potter. This movie reminded me a lot of the eighth Harry Potter movie, because a lot of the eighth Harry Potter movie is just the final battle Mm -hmm. for Hogwarts and for basically the fate of the Wizarding World. Mm -hmm. And I thought that this was kind of similar in that there was like one main character who basically wants to completely change the way that the world works. And... most of the movie is a battle you know like people are in different places but that's kind of how that harry potter movie plays out as well Mm -hmm. um and i was thinking about thanos a little bit as um having horcruxes because every time he gets another stone he gets stronger and it becomes harder and harder to defeat him but you know like if they had gotten the stones away from him in time he would have had less power um and then also just that's how I would compare my emotional response is like when I see the eighth Harry Potter movie I cry a lot because it's so emotional because it's kind of it's all coming down to the wire you know this is the big like this is what it comes down to um and it's scary because there are so many characters in different places and they're all facing an equally difficult battle so those are some of the things that I'm thinking uh one thing that I can't remember if you told me this in the theater or if I just thought of this but I want to give credit where credit is due um, the scene at the end where uh, 
uh, I'm not going to remember it all now, but like Scarlet Witch and Vision are together and they're like trying to destroy the Infinity Stone and oh, there's like yeah. the lights everywhere. That's like so the... Ron and Hermione. What are you going to say? I was going to say the composition of that kind of oh, reminded okay. me of um, in Harry Potter when Harry and Voldemort are having their like final standoff yeah. and like the lights come together and like the, just the shot composition. I was going to say just the like cinematic nature of the two movies is very similar to yeah. me. Yeah, um, I could see that. I thought that the way that they, like, had people disintegrate also kind of reminds me of what happens to Voldemort, if I'm mm. remembering that movie correctly. Mm. Um, Which I know a lot of people actually had issue with how they decided to do that in the Harry Potter movies. Um, because in the books, he, that doesn't happen. He just drops dead. Yeah. Um, and they, some people, like, felt that that was sort of unfinal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is sort of what they were going for in this in. Avengers, perhaps we shall see. <laughs> Hopes, um, but yeah, that was definitely a parallel. And I just think it's interesting because a lot of the uh, comic properties, I don't know enough about like the physical comics themselves, but like these characters, Stan Lee came up with them like fifty years ago and stuff. And I don't know when the Infinity War storyline was introduced in the comics. Obviously, Harry Potter's like twenty years old, but like one almost wonders like with the films like was there any influence in there with like the cinematography oh, that's so true and things of that i also was just so impressed with how all the movies like fit together to make this movie mm-hmm. and how like all of the movies in the mcu have been leading up to this because that just seems so crazy to me it's been 10 years and there's so many movies and they're all like leading up to this film and I just was very impressed by that because I assumed they were doing it on purpose but who knew right? and you can tell that they've I mean it wasn't like they made a couple of movies and then thought oh we can have uh, all of these culminate into one I mean they've been doing it since the beginning through like post-credit scenes and giving hints to about Thanos and all of the stones and just like weaving that storyline into all of the standalone movies and it's um, been 10 years yeah and I just like from a business perspective, like when they went to make the Harry Potter films and translate them from page to screen, like they knew that there was an end point. They knew that there were seven books. And I feel like they were pretty confident in knowing people love these books. Like it's not going to be a financial risk to make these movies, like especially after the first one, like you knew you were going to get the rest of the Harry Potter movies. But I wonder like if they've been planning all of the things in the MCU since 2008 with Iron Man was there like any small part of them where they were like, what if this goes poorly and we don't get to finish this story? Like, I don't know. That's just something I've been thinking about. I feel like they could probably just drop it and be like, well, this was just a movie about Iron Man. That's all there is. Only Iron Man. You know, because I would have believed it. I haven't seen so many of the movies, you guys. What if Abby were to go and watch only one of the MCU movies, Rachel, what one would you recommend that she watch? Oh, Wow. I can tell you the ones that I haven't seen. I haven't seen Iron Man 1 or 2. I have not seen Spider-Man Homecoming. I have not seen Ant-Man. I haven't... Is there a Hulk movie? Because I haven't seen it. It's the Edward Norton Hulk. Yes. It doesn't have Mark Ruffalo. I have not seen that one, actually. I I feel like that doesn't count. I didn't even realize that that was technically part of the MCU. I thought that was still one that they made outside Mm. of Marvel Studios. Um, I also haven't seen Captain America Civil War, and I haven't seen Age of Ultron. I think I have seen all the other movies. But if you just want to say if there's one that I have already seen, but, like, which one do you think is, like, the best one? Oh. Or just your favorite? I don't know what my favorite is, but if I would have to pick one that I think you would have to see, I'd say Ultron. Because I feel like just... The way it, the actions of what happens in Age of Ultron leads into Civil War, which then kind of leads into um, Infinity War and even Black Panther to some extent. Oh, I also haven't seen Black Panther. So I feel like just like for the narrative of understanding how we got to this point, seeing Ultron is important. Mm, I I would I would say probably Civil War would be more important for me um, just because it like introduces a couple of other new characters um and then kind of gives you like more backstory um but definitely i mean i think you should definitely see black panther just for like the the cultural relevance of it and it's such a fantastic film and then my favorite 
uh, would probably be like Spider-Man Homecoming just because I'm a huge Tom Holland fan and I think he did a great job of really bringing the comic character to the screen. If I'm just saying the ones that I remember liking the best, I really liked the first Captain America and I really liked the most recent Thor movie a lot um, and I just watched Doctor Strange yesterday and I <laughs> thought it was great. My like two like I'd say personal favorites are Captain America Winter Soldier and mm-hmm. Ant-Man. Uh, Kathy also really likes them. They are her, technically they're tied for her second favorite movie of all time. What's her first? Her first favorite movie is Miracle on 34th Street. Excellent. Mm -hmm. It's very wholesome. She got mad for a while because I told people that she liked Ant-Man more than Captain America, and she's like, you can't compare them. (laughs) My mom really likes Thor. He's her favorite of the superheroes, I believe. That that was the case for uh, one of the girls that I saw Infinity War with said her, her mom's favorite was Thor, and... If anything happened to him, like, she would never watch a superhero movie ever again because he's just too important to her. Incidentally, Thor is also my favorite. (laughs) Um, Actually, I'll just say this now, but I was super, super sad because Loki is one of my favorites. And we went to the movie and we're, like, sitting there before the movie. And I was like, oh, I hope Loki does something cool in this movie. And then he died in the first three minutes. And I was like, that was brutal i was definitely upset by it but i was almost a little bit mad that his death was sort of throwaway to me i don't know like i think it was i i saw it coming like when he you know winked at thor or whatever and pulled out his knife like something had to happen and you knew it was going to be him and i just felt like he could have added something more later in the movie and I know that they were probably going for you know a quick emotional blow like hey we're not playing around with this movie like you guys thought <laughs> have to be Loki but um I didn't carry like uh, I didn't think it was the death he deserved they uh had to get Tom Hiddleston out of the MCU because he signed on to do a Crimson Peak sequel <laughs> and he needs to be available for that stop I thought you were serious for almost <laughs> all of that uh I love Crimson Peak so much and I love Tom Hiddleston. Um, if if you know me in person, you know that my computer background recently changed to a really great picture of Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. It's brought me a lot of emotional it's strength. Dapper. It's so good. When is he ever not dapper, though? So true. I said he was blonde the other day, and Sarah was like, he's not blonde. To which Abby replied, he's blonde in the way that you're blonde. I, honey brown. <laughs> Um, because I was saying that, like, I don't like his hair as Loki because it's gross on purpose, you know? But I like his long black hair. You know, I liked it in Crimson Peak. And I like it in Avengers. The Loki hair has definitely improved from his first iteration. Like, Thor yeah. Ragnarok Loki hair, I actually kind of liked. Thank you. What shall we discuss next? Uh, can I bring up the subject of oh. fanfic? Uh, you have to. Okay. So one thing, I don't want to speak for all three of us, but Do I feel like all of us are really interested in fan fiction, not only as like supplement to the media we consume, but just as like how fan fiction works as a culture. I was going to say, if what had happened if they made Iron Man and it flopped is it would have just been continued on in fan fiction. <laughs> That's so culture. true, though. And I just, like, it blows my mind, like, how deep the fanfic community is for different fandoms and just, like, everything that happens. So, kind of related to comparing it to Harry Potter. I have logged on to fanfiction.net. Oh, yes! And yes. right now, I want you to guess what has more, like, things when you search Harry Potter or when you search Marvel. Oh, I think it's Harry Potter. I think it's Harry Potter, too. Are you on fanfiction.net? I'm on fanfiction.net. Excellent. On fanfiction.net, when you search Harry Potter... This was a trick. I can feel myself being set up. You get 86,339 results. It's a trap. When you search Marvel, you get 6,283 results. Thank Jesus. 23. 823 results. Okay. I can read numbers. Let's go, Abby. We got <laughs> Um, I question. Is it... Yesterday, I was looking... Mm, I was reading some fan fiction on the side for my own purposes, <laughs> and it seemed like it was split up where, like, there was a lot of Marvel fan fiction that was specific to the comics and not to the MCU. Mm. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, I'm surprised 
that people do that. And I wonder if it varies from site to site. Because Maybe like so. there's fanfiction.net. Tumblr has a, a, a boatload of fanfic. What's the other one? Archive of our own. Yeah, AO3. That one works. I also I've never searched just like general Marvel. Marvel. I've like searched for specific characters or specific storylines, I feel like. So what pairings do you think, first of all, are the most popular? And then what do you think would be the most unusual or like a hot take of like a pairing? I think the most popular would definitely be Steve and Bucky. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Or um, the one that was brought up on Jimmy Kimmel, I think during the Ultron promo tour of it's i guess called science bros, science bros. <laughs> and it's bruce banner and tony stark mm-hmm. oh i really like that mm-hmm. wait i have a i have an alternative um imagining this, okay this will be my one of my hot takes i have more than one so i'm thinking it's call me by your name oh my god <laughs> and elio is spider-man and army hammer <laughs> oliver <laughs> That's who it is. Is Doctor Strange? Okay, we definitely, <laughs> we definitely had this conversation sitting at the bus stop after the movie, <laughs> and I feel like you, you can get in trouble saying that because like Spider Man's only seventeen. Well, I'm saying we're making it like an AU situation where we're like adjusting the ages to make it acceptable. So it's like an eighteen twenty two situation. Yeah, absolutely. We're not doing no seventeen pairing. Okay, I've said a lot of up. things that want. Maybe not romantically even, but they really ship this friendship of Shuri and Peter Parker. Oh. Um, because they would be like the new science duo. Um, like and they would just that. like geek out over tech stuff. And I really like that idea. Give me that movie. Yeah, I like that. I don't know who one of these characters is. Um, Shuri is... Uh, Black Panther's sister, the princess oh, of Wakanda. Oh, I didn't know her name. She was the one that was like doing the surgery on Vision. Okay, yes. and I'm then here she for basically creates all the tech of Wakanda. I'm um, I'm here for it. I'm <laughs> here for it. Hot take: She should be Black Panther. <laughs> she is more competent than him. Uh, I just really like the idea of putting any two of them in Italy, 1983. <laughs> I think that would be very funny. Thanos and Groot, Italy, 1983. Oh my God, the hottest take. <laughs> Groot and Rocket. <laughs> okay, but like, what age Groot? Oh, old Groot. Not adult as a romantic Groot, Groot Rocket, just <laughs> in <laughs> Italy, 1983, just, like, trekking around. What do you think would be, like, a good pairing if we're thinking, like, oh, okay, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, you know that scene where Scarlet Witch, I think, I don't know what her name is, Wanda. Wanda. Um, She's about to be killed, like, on the battlefield or whatever, and the alien is like, oh, so sad, you're about to die alone, and then... Black Widow. Mm. Natasha. Sure. Uh, And she says, like, she's not alone. And I was like, fanfic? Okay, so I'm on AO3 right now. Excellent. And this one, like, when you click on it, the, like, um, teaser text on Google just says, T'Challa must spend two weeks at the Avengers compound working on an agreement with Tony Stark in light of Wakanda opening its borders and resources. He brings along his sister Shuri, who meets the equally nerdy Peter Parker. Basically, a bunch of short, fluffy drabbles about a fantastic friendship between two, and then it stops. Um, I told you, the new Science Bros duos is Peter and Shuri. This one is called April, the Month of Infinity War. And it says, it has, like, the days of the week. Oh, it says, since Infinity War comes out this month, I plan to post a Marvel fic every day. Oh, I love that. Every single day of April. There's periods between each word. However, there will be a schedule. Sunday, starting April 1st, Winter Falcon. Monday, Iron Husbands plus Stark Quill, in parentheses, two fic special. I hate that. Tuesday is Stony. Who would be Stony? I'm assuming that's it's Stephen Tony. Stephen Tony. Is it yeah. Stark okay. and Tony? Because I was like, that. Ah. It's oh Stephen Tony. Is I... Iron Husband's War Machine and Oh my is God, is and Tony? Wait, can I can I say a thing about Iron Man? Yeah, that I said to Sarah the other day, and I've been thinking about it ever since. I couldn't remember Gwyneth Paltrow's character's name. <laughs> That's too funny. I can't say it. Uh, Oh, this is going to be good. Because every time I think of Pepper Potts, my mind just finishes it as 
Peppa Pig. <laughs> <laughs> All right, new fan fiction. <laughs> Tony Stark and Peppa Pig. <laughs> Continuing on this schedule, on Wednesday we have Winter Iron. Thursdays are Science Bros. Wait, so do you think if they're doing it every month of April, is it like weekly? They'll like do like the Monday one again? Yeah, I think like oh, I wonder if day. it's different stories of the same pairing or a continued story yeah. of the same pairing. Huh. Thursdays is Science Bros. Fridays is Iron Panther. And Saturdays no. is Dad, Tony, and Fam, in parentheses, no matter the ship. Why? Oh, there's like an adult content warning when you go into oh, it. Oh, no. Okay, I, I don't know. But just, I'm thinking about this now because it was like April Infinity War. How many days do you think the action of the movie takes place during? Like, not that long, right? Maybe two days total? I'd, I'd say yeah, like, like two, two days. days. Yeah. I just want to read a sentence from this fic, and then we'll put this to bed. It was almost Christmas, and Bucky was freaking out because he didn't know what to get his boyfriend of three years. They had been through so much together, and to Bucky, something as materialistic as a simple gift could not even begin to quantify the amount of love he felt for Sam. So this is Winter Falcon? Yes. I I don't get it. I like I get it, but like I don't I I disagree. I don't know if that'd be my favorite ship. I will say the grammar in this is fantastic because sometimes (laughs) it can be hard to find grammatically correct fanfic. Because like the fanfiction that's good is so good, Mm -hmm. but you have to wade through like ten times the bad. Oh, there's a picture of a diamond engagement ring. Apparently, Bucky and Sam are gonna get engaged. That is a beautiful ring. (laughs) I. That's an interesting choice. Uh, anyway, do you guys have anything else? to add about our fanfic conversation any other pairings you're feeling who would you cross thanos with so that's what i want to know a rock (laughs) a large rock drax drax and thanos oh no um how dare you disrespect (laughs) drax in this way um the person who works at the media center at our college um when he was helping us set up he said what did he say Thanos had the right idea. Mm. Something like that. Mm-hmm. That's a hot take. It's a hot take. I'm, I'm, I I don't know. I, I feel like that would be an interesting uh, poll. I, one, uh, an Instagram account I follow uh, recently put which Marvel villain had the most sympathetic plan. And uh, he like he kind of made an argument for Thanos. I, I think that's interesting. I definitely think... Um, I don't know. One part of the movie that I thought was really interesting was uh, when they were first bringing up the idea of trying to destroy the uh, the Mind Stone and Vision's head, and he, um, you know, he was willing to sacrifice himself, um, and he brought up how um, Steve had sacrificed himself uh, to put that jet into the water um, during Captain America: First Avenger, um, and I just thought that was. I mean, I think that was interesting that they would bring that up, and he would say, you know, how come you got to say i want to sacrifice myself but i won't um and i feel like they could have sort of developed that a little bit more as well that was an interesting dynamic i also felt bad about it because i kind of felt fine with it (coughs) you know when vision says like oh just like i'll sacrifice myself i was kind of like yeah that would probably work but then it then they don't yeah I'm just waiting for, like, some ethics professor to have a class that's, like, ethics of infinity war yeah. as, like, a senior a seminar. To talk about. Yeah. I think that would be good. Mm-hmm. So, oh, our next topic is we're going to talk a little bit about the treatment of women, I think just generally in the MCU, because this movie was so good. But when we kind of stepped back and thought about it a little bit, we were like, there weren't that many interesting female characters. And there's not a lot, I think, in a lot of the... Um, I I guess I would say like a lot of the origin stories you know there's kind of always that like flat woman who's kind of a love interest she gets left behind because like the man goes off to be a superhero like in Thor there's Natalie Portman Mm -hmm. and Doctor Strange there's Rachel McAdams loved her in that movie (laughs) can we get Christine Palmer back please (laughs) but uh, me and Sarah were talking about how a lot of the women are more important in their relation to the men like in Infinity War it seemed like Scarlet Witch was more important just because of her relationship with Vision as opposed to any like superhero related plot. Gamora with her relationship to Thanos. 
I still feel like Gamora. Is I one feel of the like more Gamora is actually things. the most well, like fleshed out character mm-hmm. of the female characters in the MCU, just because we actually know, like her family history mm-hmm. and her backstory and like the motivations for things. I mean, we have a general knowledge of like Scarlet Witch and uh, Natasha and things like mm-hmm. that, but I, I definitely feel like I, I see Gamora as like the most well-rounded character I guess I was thinking more from the perspective of like in Infinity War spoiler alert we've already given that how like the fact that she's just kind of like there and she's like oh like Thanos is gonna want something from me and then Thanos kidnaps her and then Thanos throws her off the side of the cliff and then it's like oh no more Gamora yeah she really does just get used which, like, was upsetting to me because she is mm. one of the better female characters. Like, I felt that they could have continued that. I've always felt throughout all the movies since she was introduced, um, Scarlet Witch, like, hasn't been given justice to her character. She's really one of the most powerful of all of them um, in terms of, like, her powers. Um, but in this movie, it just annoy me to no end her I mean obviously yes I know that her and Vision are in a relationship but you have to realize it's like he's literally saying it's my life for the entire universe Mm -hmm. and that was like all she could put into perspective and then in the scenes where they're trying to operate and get the stone out of his head I I was a little mad that she was just staying with him when the rest of them are fighting to protect Wakanda and then some, I mean, someone, you know, mentioned, oh, well, they wanted her to be near, like, immediately right next to him so that if they got the stone out, she could immediately destroy it. And yes, I see that as, like, a strategic plan, but also she's so powerful and she could have been helping them during that entire battle. And then what really struck me was whenever we see, like, a, a powerful character comes onto the screen for the first time, you know, everyone in the audience is like, erupting clapping cheering and things like that and I know that you know she'd been in the movie so it wasn't like we didn't know she was there but when she does finally leave sort of the balcony place and come down onto the battlefield and like move those three rolling things out of the way like there was no reaction I mean a couple people were like oh yay but there was no reaction to her as like a super powerful hero and I just wanted to like freak out and like clap at that moment no one was Um, And so I feel like that really struck me as, like, she's not given the treatment she deserves. That also makes me think of the character just that was introduced in Thor Ragnarok. I don't know what her name was. Valkyrie. Yeah, the Valkyrie. Um, It looked like in the first scene that she was literally just had already been killed, you know, and that she was, like, laying dead. Well, actually, they said that she survived. Really? Um, Well, there what I've seen... um, one of the Russo brothers gave a talk at this high school. He, he was talking at his college, but he did, like, a Q- special Q&A at this high school. And two things that I know that have come out of that, at least reported from people who were in the Q&A, were that he confirmed that Valkyrie and some of the Asgardians did escape and are alive. That is great news. And he also said that Tom Holland improvised his death scene. Oh my Uh, god! God. That was the saddest scene in the movie. Like, I'm sure we'll talk about that more, but that was the other info that came out of this. That is the worst news I've ever received. (laughs) Um, One thing that I just want to say about women in Marvel is I think if you're going to talk about one of the best women in the MCU from the early years, I think you have to consider Peggy Carter. Oh, true! She is phenomenal, and... If you didn't get enough of her in Captain America, the first Avenger, you should definitely go back and watch the two seasons of Agent Carter. Mm. Did you ever watch Agent Carter? No, I did not. It was phenomenal. It's like only 16 episodes. I think it's on Netflix. But that was just like a really great female-centric thing. And it is related to the MCU. And I just think that that shows that like they know how to handle women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they need to do better. So why aren't they doing it in the movies? They need to do better. Secondly, I think Black Panther has come closest to getting it right Mm -hmm. in the sense i think i touched on this briefly at the beginning of the episode um the women in black panther are so much better than black panther himself and i just feel that like throughout much of the movie no spoilers for abby it's like black panther like does something and he's like oh like that was okay i guess but i kind of made a mistake and then he's got three women who are like okay now we have to come up and clean up your mess but it's gonna be fine there's a great um 
there's a Jimmy Fallon segment where he had um, Chadwick Boseman surprise fans who thought they were just talking to like a poster and saying oh how much gosh. Black Panther meant to them. And it's a great video. It is. Um, but within that, there's a woman speaking to him about how she really appreciated the female characters in that because they were strong, but they weren't strong because they were angry or because they were sad. They were just strong. And that like really resonated with me. Um, and so I definitely think that Black Panther did the best handling um, of female characters of any MCU movie. So we know they can do it. They just need to do better. We've got Captain Marvel that's coming out next year. Exciting. And then I think I saw earlier this week they're supposedly meeting with directors for a Black Widow mm-hmm. solo film. So we have that to look forward to. It's about time. <laughs> so let's get on that Marvel. Mm-hmm. At Marvel. <laughs> this is for you. Um. So anyway, we're going to move on to some predictions uh, because the way, well, first of all, I didn't know that it was going to have like a second part to the movie. <laughs> so at the end, I was like, I am furious <laughs> and very sad um, because I thought it was so bold, you know, that it would be like that the end of the movie would be that they lose. Um, and it could have ended there, I guess, but that would have sucked so much. So what are some of your predictions for what's coming next? I... I think it's very similar. If you've seen the latest Star Wars movie, which I don't think you have, Abby. I have I know not. you have, Rachel. I feel like the way it ended was very similar in both franchises as far as you kind of have to kick people down a few notches so that way in the next film they can rise up and, and have something to work yeah. back from. Um, I definitely don't think anybody that like got blown away is going to stay dead. No. I think... I don't either. They'll all come back in some way, shape or form i think i said that right yep i don't know you got there sometimes i just talk (laughs) and i kind of like black out that's like that michael scott yep (laughs) sometimes i start start a a sentence and i don't know where it's gonna (laughs) that's my life um but i think there will be a major character death in the next one i don't want to say Oh my god. Who? Do you because think it's Captain America? Rachel and I had a really good conversation about this on Monday, and I want her to say oh. what she said because I don't want to take her. Well, ideas. yeah, I definitely think that. I mean, I think everyone going into this movie was prepared for a Steve or Tony death. Um, at least I was. Um, but I actually kind of think it's it was a good idea for them to s- maybe save that if they're going to have that happen for the next one. Um, and I think what Sarah was alluding to, we were talking about how we think it might be Captain America yes. because I mean I Tony th- Stark is is just like the backbone is of this whole thing and RDJ can just I mean he can slip into any film and just really like give it a pop and so we were saying they might just want to keep him around in case anything happens later along in their cinematic plans and they're like we need to you know put iron man into this movie and i think from a business perspective i was also coming at it from the thing that like i think chris evans had only had like a six movie contract but to do the second part of infinity war they had to have him sign an extension and he wasn't oh no he was reportedly not happy about it and i don't think he wants to do like from things i've read with him more things he's like in a play right now in new york and so i think he wants to maybe do more quote-unquote serious pursuits so i could definitely see them being like okay we're gonna like kill you off you can go be an actor and the rest of us will like play marvel which is not like a slam to the marvel movies i think that chris evans just wants to be like an auteur whatever the word is and do you feel that captain america is like the superman of the marvel universe oh i feel like he has a similar vibe to me you know, he's kind of that, that wholesome. Um, that vibe that I find attractive. I did, did see a parallel between... I've seen a lot of things from in um, Justice League. I don't know if you've seen that, Abby. Um, nope. <laughs> but essentially, Superman becomes like... When they revive Superman, he is like the main backbone of the team that like defeats the enemy like the other people don't really do anything and i've seen parallels to him and thor in this movie oh. like there were a bunch of memes that were like the avengers at 100 percent, and it was all of them and then it was like the avengers at 99 percent, and it was just thor <laughs> um so which good. i don't know if i agree with i mean definitely i think he's strong but i feel I, like the avengers definitely have a, a better grasp on teamwork i definitely think they have like it, 
their powers and abilities are more spread across all of them and they make use of all of them well i just i obviously haven't seen civil war or age of ultron and i think i missed a lot of important uh developments with like how they are divided in the beginning of this movie because I was just so frustrated because I felt like if they were all working together at the beginning of the movie, maybe it wouldn't have ended so badly. But they were all like being so petty where they're like, oh, I can't call Steve. Like, we're not talking. I really hope a prediction for the next one is that they will like all of this will, you know, be reversed or however they do it. But that they will have some closure to that storyline. And, like, a forgiveness between Steve and Tony. Yeah, like, they make up and then Steve dies. <laughs> I feel like Loki is almost definitely dead for real, but I'm holding out I'm just really an hoping, ounce of hope that he's not really dead. I'm really hoping Gamora isn't, because, I mean, I know oh, they right, have though? plans to do another Guardians, and, like I said before, I think she's one of their better be the done point? female characters. Would they? Could you see them trying to put Nebula in as, like, a replacement for Gamora? So that they can have, like, the woman on the team and, you know. Shouldn't they have more than one woman on the team? In a perfect world, yes. But we're talking about studios who still don't think women can. Uh... Does Mantis count? <laughs> I love Mantis, too. <laughs> Kevin Bacon? <laughs> Footloose? Okay, so do you have predictions for the next one, Abby? I feel like I don't really know what's going to happen, but I mean, I feel like they're going to get back the time stone. And once they have the time stone back, I feel like they're going to use that to try and like reverse some of the damage that's been done. I don't know how much they can do, but. One theory I've seen that I liked was um, that the people who had the disintegration deaths, their souls have been um, like captured by the soul stone. Okay. Similarly to perhaps Gamora and Thanos, like. That was something I saw that in the last scene where he meets a young Gamora and she asks, did you do it? And he says, yes. They People were speculating, like, where are they? Um, where is that happening? And some people were saying it's within the stone itself. Um, so that might be some way that they could bring back those people, like, take them out of the stone. But definitely, I'm not exactly sure what Captain Marvel's powers can be that will aid them in it just felt so bananas i feel like they need the time stone that's what i'm saying so how are they They going to get the time and how are they going to use it i hope wong (laughs) helps them use (laughs) the time stone please um anyway do we have any final thoughts i have one final thought okay my favorite line in the film excellent was when they're on the battlefield in wakanda and groot comes up and goes i am groot and Captain America turns to him and goes, I am Steve Rogers. I just thought that was really funny. My favorite interaction was um, the where's Gamora? Who's Gamora? Why is Gamora? <laughs> Speaking again as Drax is my favorite. I really liked the scene where Thor was like forging the axe. And then Groot, like, they can't find a handle or whatever. And Groot, yes. like, grows a handle. And I thought it was very sweet. So on that note, are we ready to play some games? We're ready to play yes. some games. Okay, I'm going to switch up the order of these games. Okay, so excellent. So it makes the most sense. Um, we've been talking about characters. Indeed. I want to know most attractive man and most attractive woman in the MCU. Most attractive man, Thor with a haircut. Uh, Steve Rogers with a beard. I don't really like bearded men, but Excuse when he like popped me. up on the subway platform, I was like, whoo. I have actually always had a thing for Bucky. Oh, that's a good okay, one. Okay, I also said that after we started. I don't know why. I really like his metal arm. It's really <laughs> freaky. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I like his hair. I like his hair, too. Yeah. I think it's nice. Yeah. I mean, I like Loki. I don't think Loki is hot, though. But I think that Thor is super hot. I would also take Tom Holland, but I know that he is Rachel's man, so it's like I'm just like a you have a nice face and you're kind of cute. I like I like I think Tom Holland is hot, but I think Peter is like a small bean. Like he's Yeah, he looks very so cute. He's just I feel like if I were in high school, Peter Parker is the kind of guy that I would try to date. (laughs) Agreed. Good to know. But I am no longer in high school. (laughs) (laughs) But he's he's like our age though. Tom Holland? Yeah. 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 He's Rachel's age. Mm. <laughs> yes. 
We are similar in age. MCU women. <laughs> yeah, most attractive woman in the MCU. Ooh, Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so beautiful. I would maybe go Agent Carter because I think Haley Atwell's really pretty, but I also like the like 1940s style mm. and like the red lip and the curls. Like I'm super into that. Like that's definitely something that I try to emulate in my personal style. I guess I shouldn't choose Christine Palmer, but I really love Rachel. Go yes. for it. Yes. All right. So that was fun. Talking about <laughs> attractiveness and people. Oh, yes. We're now going to come. Yes. To Thanos. Thanos. And I'm just going to read the exact note that I have written in my phone. Missed opportunity. Who should play Thanos and should he be hot? In parentheses, also, how should you say his name? I would like to first say a note on the last part of that first. Half of the actors, I feel, are English or doing English accents. At Thor, what are you doing? Um, But some of them seem to pronounce it like Thanos. And then some are saying Thanos. And I was like, obviously Thanos sounds more right to me, but I want to be more like Thor. So Thanos. I have no particular leaning in the pronunciation of the name, but something that like really irks me is like when people get into these like weird characters, just like when it came out, everyone like apparently thought Pennywise was hot nope. and that was nope. upsetting. Nope. When the Venom trailer came out last week, everyone's like, Venom's kind of hot, right? <laughs> no, that is upsetting. And people who are like, Thanos is hot. Thanos is get it. not hot. No, that no. purple chin. I just think that it was a huge missed opportunity. I read a tweet about this because shouldn't Thanos be hot? Yes. Hot take. I'm sure like people like my mom would like not necessarily find Thanos hot, but be like, yeah, Josh Brolin. Yeah, I've heard people say that, but I think he doesn't look good. It's the chin, I didn't like his boots. (laughs) I did not notice his boots. Just, I don't like his outfit. He looked like Grimace, like the McDonald's (laughs) character. Oh, no. Like Grimace who's seen some stuff. Don't they call him that? I think so. I'm pretty sure that's a joke in the movie. Calls him that. Um, I also saw a tweet that I was going to bring up, but I'm not going to, where somebody said he looked like a California raisin version of Hellboy. Oh, my God. That's so true. There was one. Um, the, so, like, Thanos has been appearing in a lot of scenes throughout. Mm-hmm. And he, like, there's been a lot of talk about how they've kind of changed his look. Uh, um, and my favorite one says, I like how Marvel had Thanos go from looking like a CGI sedimentary rock to a powerful pawn shop owner. And I just feel like that's the <laughs> best description of what he looks like. I feel like he used to be a little, like, scarier almost. Hmm. And now he just is, like, big and ugly. Maybe he, I should be so I definitely think they made him look more human-like. And yeah. maybe that yeah. was to give him more of a like an sympathetic or, yeah, I don't know what the word plan. Is. Who would you <laughs> have play Thanos? The Rock. That's just like what a, do we mean? Play him? Someone already plays him. Yeah, well, but like if, Josh if you Brolin, were gonna recast, oh, a recast. Oh, the guy who played Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Ron Perlman? I don't know. I think so. What about Danny DeVito? Oh my God, no! I think that could be fun. Danny DeVito cannot be the Lorax and Thanos. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The Lorax as Thanos. I said Zach Efron. Zach Efron. When the credits Thanos. were rolling. <laughs> it would be so much harder to Imagine hate him. Thanos with like a six pack. It Thanos would be with better. a spray tan. Would it then be like purple with just like a light orange <laughs> like sheen? Just streaks. <laughs> what about like Ben Affleck? But he's still doing his terrible Batman voice from exact, Justice yes, League. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what you would need. I don't think you could do it otherwise. <laughs> Who else? Who else is... Maybe a woman plays Thanos. Maybe a woman plays Thanos. Oh, God. Viola me. Davis. Maggie oh, Smith. <laughs> Both of those are very good options. That is a game changer. Wow. Michelle Dockery. Now I'm just thinking of people from <laughs> okay, Downton Okay, but Michelle Dockery would be an amazing Thanos. <laughs> What about Michelle Williams, but yes. doing a Boston accent? <laughs> I think that could be fun. What about Jessica Chastain? Zendaya. <laughs> oh, wait, no, she already exists as a character in the MCU. <laughs> that could get spicy then. Spider-Man would be like, 
um it would be kind of like how chris evans played the human torch in the like old fantastic oh, yes. and then he's captain america now oh so like God. zendaya oh would be mj and um thanos what about chris and dunst she was in the original spider-man exactly so now she could reappear as thanos one thing that I want to say that I actually forgot about when we were talking about attractive people, um, we were having a conversation recently about Dave Batista and how somebody thinks that Dave Batista is attractive. It's my mom. And I was like, hmm? because I think like, wasn't he in like one of the James Bond movies? Yeah, he was, in, I think the most recent one. But like, I didn't really like connect his name yeah. with his face and I just kind of picture him as Drax all the time. Well, in the like Avengers read mean tweets for Jimmy Kimmel, he was in there, and I was like, man, Dave Bautista's kind of attractive. Like, I don't know if I'd go there, but it's I can see ugly, how people but, like, would. like, you could see it. I can understand it. Yeah, my mom knows what's up. Yeah. Okay, are we ready for our last game? I'm so ready. I love this game. This is a new game that we're going to try to play every time we talk about a movie. It is called Cinematic Panera. It's kind of like literary Starbucks. But um, cooler. But cooler and better. I don't know what either of these things. So the way Cinematic Panera works is we're gonna pick a character. I think we're gonna do three characters That's and the it. actors that play them. Mm-hmm. And you have to say what they would order when they go to Panera. Alrighty. So do we each want to? Like, I don't pick think a I know the Panera menu well enough to do this. <laughs> Improvise. Okay. All right. I'll start. Doctor Strange walks into Panera. What happens? I think that Doctor Strange probably ordered it on his phone, even though he's standing in the line. But then, like, the line gets too long, so he gets annoyed and orders his food on his phone. Um, man, I feel like I had a good one when we I first I think he would get this. the Thai chicken salad with an ice cream tea. Ooh. Oh, I, I like that. Okay, so now Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, a loaf of bread. <laughs> I could see him being like the, can I get a cup of hot water person? Yeah, I think he'd get a cup of hot water, and then he'd be like, do you have lemons? He's vegan, so he wouldn't get anything with meat. Oh, darn. I was going to say maybe he'd get one of those, like, they have the, the muffies, the muffin cookies. Oh! But that probably has eggs I was going to, like, I, I feel like he would be some kind of pastry person. Yeah, though. maybe he'd get a quiche, or the, um, I don't know. Souffle. If they're quiches or souffles. I don't know what they are. Souffles. Can you eat eggs, though? Oh, is, no. vegan. <laughs> Uh, oh my god! He literally doesn't get it. Maybe he just gets black the cup coffee of water <laughs> with the lemon, and then he's like, "Could I have a bowl of just tomatoes?" <laughs> and they're like, um, "Which salad is that?" <laughs> Vision. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Okay. <laughs> Does Vision eat? Is Vision a man or a robot? I'm unclear. He's a mobile. <laughs> Why was he so, I, like, in the first scene, he's a man, and then the rest of the time, he's a robot, and I was like, you gotta be a robot all the time? I what are you felt doing? that man thing was very, like, did he evolve to, like, shapeshift to look like a man? Or did Paul Bettany just have, like, okay, something in his wait, contract mention, where he's like, my face has gotta be in this movie? Can I mention one thing? Yes. Everyone talks about, oh, RDJ, like, Tony Stark, the OG, like original iron man movie started the mcu i'm sorry paul bettany has been voicing jarvis since the first oh iron God. man movie oh. as well. i didn't think about that like he oh. deserves some credit too he's been here since the beginning i just think that like as far as Respect faces paul bettany. like faces of superheroes go he's at the low end for me not vision but like the actor himself oh, paul bettany you're yeah. saying he's not attractive he's fine Okay. But, like, he's not fine. <laughs> That's what I would have to say about that. Anyway, what do you think Vision would order? I think, like, a lemonade, but he can't let it <laughs> yes. get in the motherboard. He would get, like, a fun lemonade, like yeah, the blood orange like a, lemonade that like, has carrots in it. Ooh, yeah. Um, I don't know anything about Paul Bettany, um, but just based on his face. I think he would order a quiche. A cup of milk. <laughs> I could see him going, like, quiche in some sort of smoothie. Mm. Yes. I Agreed. like that. Um, I guess the character that I will choose would be Peter Quill and Chris Pratt. Peter Quill would definitely get, like, grilled cheese and a macaroni and cheese with, like, one of the novelty cookies. Because he's, macaroni like... Macaroni and cheese in a bread bowl. 
he's missed out like on yeah. all of the like fun like child like teen yeah. things yes. on earth definitely so like an like, m&m cookie like the yeah. colorful one i think like he would come in and he'd be like oh my god those bagels have cheese baked onto them he'd be like get me six of those and then like with every type of cream cheese just so he can like you know suss it out so it's a dozen bagels <laughs> every kind of cream cheese they have mac Everything and cheese in a bread cheese, bowl i think <laughs> grilled cheese I feel like if we're talking Chris Pratt now, like pre Zero Dark Thirty, Chris Pratt okay, okay. would definitely do the mac and cheese in a bread bowl yeah. situation. But current Chris Pratt, like, does Panera have anything with chia seeds? Uh oh, definitely. Because that's what he's gonna order. I don't know because I don't eat chia seeds. It's not part of my personal brand, but they so definitely bland. have something with it. Yeah, them. that's gotta be. It. He has to get like a very fancy salad with chia seeds. A green smoothie, for sure. But then the entire time he talks about how much he hates it and he'd rather be eating macaroni and cheese yes. out of a bread bowl. Because he's there with somebody who's eating a cookie. and Maybe he's he like, takes a to- take chocolate chip or cookie home. Oh. And oh. says he'll share it with his son but actually eats it himself. Eats I it love those cookies. <laughs> That's my favorite cookie. Those are all the games I have. Are we doing social media moments of the yeah, week Yeah, let's now? move on to our cool. social media moment of the week. I have to look mine up to prepare can I promote a video that I really enjoyed? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I sent this to Sarah the other day. It's um, BuzzFeed did Avengers cast reading fan tweets. And some of them are just super funny. And I've been wanting to quote them like this entire time. But there's too many to quote. So I will just say watch that because it's very funny. All right. My tweet of the week pertains to the Avengers, but it also pertains to Call Me By Your Name. Yes. That's the crossover we all have been waiting for. Um, This is from Adam Musa. His handle is at Adam J. Musa. And he tweeted out a picture of um, Elio and Oliver, like when they're about to kiss. Perfect. And Oliver is like half disintegrated, much like half of the Avengers cast. And it just says later. Which, if you've seen Call Me By Your Name or know anything about it, you'll understand what that means. Crush my soul. The disintegrating memes are hilarious. I thought this one was really, really funny. So, Well, my uh, social media account of the week is completely unrelated to all of the topics we have discussed. Um, this was sent in by friend of the show, Mary. So shout out to Mary. Thank you for sending me this strange Instagram. This Instagram account is called 1001 Dumplings, and that's what it is. It's the number 1001 in numerals, and then dumplings in all lowercase letters. And then the sub-caption is Jesse Eats Dumplings, and is labeled as an art account. (laughs) I will read you uh, her mission statement, but also just her bio, I suppose. I'm eating 1001 dumplings this year. Posting reviews and unattractive pictures of myself and friends consuming dumplings. And she updates how many dumplings she's eaten so far. So far this year, she's eaten 365 dumplings. Uh, and it really is just pictures of her eating dumplings. Oh, And, wow. like, pictures of all the different dumplings she's had. She needs to pick up the pace because we're almost halfway through the year. I know, and she's only at 365. Um, it makes me feel like it's the poor man's Julie and Julia <laughs> you know, instead of cooking through a whole French cookbook, she's just going to eat a thousand and one dumplings. Isn't that like at least three dumplings a day? It was, yeah, Definitely. I think it is. Does she just like make up for it on the weekends? Well, she she eats like 11 dumplings at a time. So I think that maybe she doesn't eat dumplings for like oh. two days and then she eats like 12 dumplings. Like the last post, I'll tell you the last post that she, I just closed my phone, <laughs> which was silly of me. Okay, the last picture is her putting a dumpling in her mouth, and she says, Dumplings are self-care, and don't you dare tell me otherwise. I am excellent at self-care. I had 11 dumplings because of a migraine. Do you think they're tax deductible? (laughs) Iconic. So that's that. So uh, while you're on social media, why don't you follow us on Twitter? We are at Op Dynamo Podcast. You could also follow us on Instagram at, at Operation Dynamo Podcast. And please send us an email. We would really, really, really like to get some fan mail. We are Operation Dynamo Podcast at gmail.com. Share theories with us. Play along at home with our games. Oh, if you have any cinematic Panera ideas, yeah. please let us know. Let us know what tracks would do at Panera. I think we'd all be interested in that. Mm-hmm. 
anyway, uh, we'd like to thank my sister, Maddie Russo, for contributing our thumbnail images. And we'd like to thank Kinsas Morea from the YouTube Audio Library for the lovely Bongo Madness theme music you hear at the beginning and end of each episode. I personally would like to thank Sarah for the incredible cover photo of Macaroni and Cheese, Owen Wilson, and other various interests we have. Uh, please subscribe to our podcast. We are on iTunes as well as some other podcast hosting sites. Uh, also on iTunes, please uh, subscribe and give us a rating. Uh, throw us some comments. We can't wait to hear what you have to say. Uh, we'd also like to thank our friend Rachel for being on the show today. Thanks, Thank Rachel. you guys for having me. It was super fun. This is like one of my favorite topics, so I'm oh. so glad I got to contribute. Well, thank you for hanging out with us for this We time. had a great time. So with that, I'm Sarah. I'm Abby. Good night and good luck. <laughs>